When it comes to wealth building, we all have different approaches, different tactics, different strategies, and we're all in different seasons of life with different circumstances. And so you can get really into the weeds on the how and the what and all those nerdy things. But underneath all of that, I think you would find no matter who you are, where you live, or what you're doing with your money, there are some foundational beliefs about money that are universal that help shape successful people who build wealth. And so what I want to do in today's episode is share with you four of these foundational beliefs about money that I subscribe to that I truly believe lead to greater wealth. I'm talking about physical wealth, money in the bank. And I want to unpack all four of those for you. And my hope is that in today's episode, you'll latch on to at least one of them as a focus point for you for the next 90 days to work towards that. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 178 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, as always, Graham Cochran. Pumped to be hanging out with you today. We're going to talk about money today. And uh, if you want to kickstart that money journey and start creating some money online so that you can begin building more wealth faster, because I truly believe being a business owner is the shortcut to wealth building then download my 30-day online income jumpstart guide. It's free. It's a simple PDF. It's bullet points, my friend. It's going to give you a four-week checklist to go from zero audience, zero products, zero idea of even what your business should be, to getting you to launch something and make money in the next 30 days. It won't be life-changing money, but it will be the beginning of a beautiful business. It's the exact same business model that I used to run both of my businesses, and you will be putting that in place in just 30 days. It's free. Check it out. Click the link below the video if you're watching on YouTube or go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and launch that sucker. All right, so let's talk about money. These are four beliefs that I think are transformative for you. I mean, you could take any one of these and completely change your family tree financially if you truly believed it and then went about implementing these beliefs. So let's unpack all four of them. And again, I want you to listen for the one that really resonates with you and speaks to you as like, man, this is the thing that I really needed to listen to today because it may not be all four, but at least one of them. Number one is think like an owner, not a consumer. Think like an owner, not a consumer. If you live in America, if you live in the West, especially, but it's all over the world, but I know our country is the absolute worst at this is we are being conditioned to think like consumers. We are marketed to more than any other people group or generation in history. Uh, There's so much stuff to buy. Most of it's crap. Most of it's a a non-essential. There's so many ways to blow your money. And so we have been trained. We're literally called consumers. Like the the general public are called consumers, (laughs) which is just such a, carnal term. If you think about it, we just rah, 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 you know, just going through just literally consuming food and items and crap and experiences, all this stuff. And so that's how we're trained and raised is there's something I want to buy. And if you are fortunate to have parents or a mentor that taught you how to save up some money so you can go buy the thing, 
that's better than nothing because a lot of people are just swiping a credit card and putting it on credit and they don't even have money. We'll get to that in a second. But we're trained to be consumers. What do I want to buy? How can I afford it and go buy the thing? And that's the same as when you're a kid. Like when I, all I wanted was a Nintendo entertainment system in the late 80s. How much does it cost? So I can play Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt and Legend of Zelda. So I can go buy it. So I worked hard so I could buy the thing and consume and buy the video games. Now, I am not against having stuff. Don't hear me out. But if you want to build wealth, you can't think like this only because that's, that's how we're trained as kids. And then look, it hasn't changed. As an adult, oh, I want that car. Oh, I want a nicer house. Oh, I want that vacation. Still, I'm a consumer. Just the things have changed and the dollar amounts have increased. That's it. People who build wealth don't think like consumers. They think like owners. Or if they do want to consume a thing, they think like an owner first so they can have the wealth to then buy the thing. And it's like the equivalent of you and I buying a biscuit. Okay, so thinking like an owner looks like this. Let me give you an example. David Bach makes this, tells this story. He's a financial author, tells this story that I think it sums it up perfectly. When he was a 10-year-old kid, his grandmother took him to his favorite restaurant, McDonald's. And his grandmother said, David, look around this restaurant. There are three types of people in this restaurant, okay? There's the customers. It's you and me buying the food. There are the employees, people working behind the counter, making the food, serving you. And there's the owner who owns this place. She's like, you want to be the owner. And he was like, well, how, do you, how do you own McDonald's? It doesn't make sense. And she's like, well, you can buy shares of McDonald's stock and then you are a partial owner. And then every time somebody buys a Big Mac or Chicken McNuggets or McGriddle, you get a small fraction of that amount of money in the form of dividends and your stock appreciating. And that like blew his 10-year-old little mind. Um, but that is a great example of any establishment you can think of being the consumer, the employee working for the establishment, or you can think of being the owner and owners prosper. And there's a lot of things that you can own. And I want you to shift your thinking. So you and I are talking about owning our own business. So you can own and start your own business. And this type of online business, like I talk about in my book, how to get paid for what you know, is the most low cost business to start ever. I started my first million dollar a year business with $50. That's all I had was 50 bucks. It's all it took to get started. It's insane. So owning your own business that prints money is obviously number one. That's what we're working on every single week. But go beyond that. You need to own, and I would recommend owning other people's businesses. You can own every single major publicly traded company in the world if you want to with a single index fund. It's insane. Owning businesses is how you grow wealth because as they grow, your share in those businesses grow. So be an investor, right? Own stocks. Buy real estate, even if it's just the home you live in. Do not rent your whole life. I don't understand this whole, let's just rent forever kind of thing. I understand some of the pros temporarily of renting, but long-term, the data is just so clear. People who own their own home have more wealth than people who don't. It's possible. It's possible to make wealth outside of real estate. I'm not saying you have to have real estate, but why would you not? It's going to cost you the same every single month either way. Be the owner. So long-term, position yourself in such a way you can put a down payment on a house or an apartment or a condo or a townhouse, whatever, own real estate. It's, I have made so much money just by owning the places that I've lived, not doing anything and letting them appreciate, right? Okay, anyway, we won't go into the details about real estate, but people who own real estate build wealth. People who own 
patents and ideas, copyrights, intellectual property, right? That's how you build wealth is creating something that you own or buying something, thinking like an owner. And this can get really meta. Think about an owner in just your own circumstances. Consumers are trained to think about everyone else being responsible for their success or to be to blame for their problems. Oh, the economy's bad. Oh, inflation. Oh, the Fed is raising interest rates. Oh, this, I don't like this president and this administration, what they're doing. Oh, there's wars, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that has no bearing on your ability to build wealth. You are the only thing standing in the way of you building wealth, no matter where you come from. Some of us have more privileged backgrounds than others, meaning we got a head start. I get it. Some people, but if you study the greats, the wealthiest people in America and the world, do, do the research, look at their history. These people came from nothing. Most wealth is first generation wealth, meaning they came from nothing. And you read these stories, I think of like John, Sir John Templeton. I think he was a billionaire when he died. He was dirt poor, came from nothing. If you find a way to go out in the world and add value, even to one person's life, you can build wealth. So own your own circumstances. Own them, take ownership for your own life instead of blaming other people. Owners prosper. Trust me, think like an owner, not a consumer. Probably the most important thing I could say when it comes to wealth building, that single money belief will change everything. Stop just buying stuff. And hey, this is also for you when your business becomes successful or if you're already having a super successful business, you got a lot of cash flow. If your money's just coming in and you're spending it, okay, happy clap for you that you have a great lifestyle right now. What happens when that business tanks or goes down the tubes or disappears or dries up or the algorithm shifts? Have you been shifting some of that money every month away from just consumption into ownership of other assets and other asset classes beyond your own business. I love the whole invest in yourself, you know, choose yourself. I get it, but yourself could also fail and I wouldn't bank on any one business, especially myself. Diversify. So take some of your cash flow and own other assets, real estate, other people's businesses through stock purchases or index funds, or even, you know, you can invest directly into a person that you know their business if you trust them and believe in the business. But own, 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 do not just consume. Number two, always live on less than you make. I can't believe we even have to say this. I almost didn't even include this one until I just remembered that we suck at this in America, at least. The worst of us, and this is a good majority of us, spend more than we make, meaning every year we're going deeper into debt, Uh, credit card debt, mortgage debt, student loan debt, medical debt. We're literally, if you look at what you spent in a year versus what your paycheck says or what you made, you spent more than you made. How is that possible? Meaning you're borrowing money. You're going further backwards. But even if you're not in debt, the the rest of us spend exactly what we make. (laughs) And the moment we get a bonus or a pay raise, or if you're a business owner, your business is making more now, guess what? Your lifestyle it expands to just fill it. This is Parkinson's law, but applied to our lifestyle. As our income expands, our lifestyle expands to to match it. So we just keep spending everything that comes in. The Bible says only a fool devours everything that he has. It's foolish to spend. It's super foolish to spend more than you have. That's just dumb, right? But it's foolish to spend every dollar you have. 
And the reason why is you will never be able to build wealth. So the, the number one rule of all wealth building starts with creating that gap, that margin between what you make and what you spend in a given month. So there is some margin, even if it's $100 a month, with which to begin buying assets, building wealth, changing your financial tree, right? So I don't care if you budget. I don't care if you track your spending in an app or on paper or if you use cash envelopes. I've done all of these things. I, I don't care. None of that matters nearly as much as you getting a sense of what the heck is coming in and going out and treating your personal finances like you would a business, which is what's coming in every month? What are the data? What does my Kajabi analytics say is coming in? And what are my business expenses? If your business expenses are the same as your income, then you make zero profit in your business. You would be not profitable, right? You don't want that to be the case in your personal finances. You want to be profitable as an individual, as a family unit. This is very simple. So I don't care how you get there. The how doesn't matter nearly as much as the what, which is always live on less than you make, no matter what, starting today, even if it's only $100 a month, even if it's only $50 a month, this is a mindset. You're creating that gap, and then you're going to become addicted to widening that gap, meaning spending less or making more or both, and now you have a bigger shovel with which to pay off debt or build wealth, right? Simple and clear. Always live on less than you make. Number three belief about money that will help you build wealth is generous people prosper. Givers prosper. There's a strange belief that philanthropy and people who donate large sums of money are rich and they're donating because they can now, because they have excess. And so I believe that you are like me, that deep down inside you have a generous heart and you want to give, you want to help other people. Um, I find that people have a heart of generosity, but they have a wrong belief around generosity. The heart of generosity is beautiful and it's noble and it's gold. The wrong belief is that when I make more money or when I'm out of debt or when I have more cash flow or when I, whatever, fill in the blank, then I can become generous with my finances and give to charity or give to people that need. Wrong, <laughs> wrong. Uh, the data shows that the more you make, the less you give. Actually, the wealthy of us give the least, right? So I think the last I've seen, there's like a little bit of a bell curve, like really, really poor people don't have much to give. And then there's a, the, the majority of giving percentage of income wise is at lower levels. There's a beautiful bell curve. And then the more you make, the percentage of giving goes way down. It should be the opposite right? The more you make, the percentage of income that you give away should go up because there's baseline costs like housing and food and transportation costs the same for everybody, right? Or there's at least there's somewhat of a cap. But if your income goes up, like there's so much more excess that you can give a higher percentage of your income away. But the idea that I'll, I'll give more when I have more is not true. If you don't give now, you're not going to give later. Giving is a state of mind. It's a choice. So, you cannot wait to be a giver. You need to start giving now. And why give now? Why give? Well, the data is pretty clear. Givers are statistically happier than non-givers. The science, uh, excuse me, yeah, the science of generosity initiative at the University of Notre Dame. It's crazy. This this 
organization exists. Um, they've done studies that people who give a tenth of their income away to charity, a tithe, 10%, measure 35% happier than people who don't. So this is you're gonna be you're gonna prosper in your joy for sure. But you're gonna see something even more tangible than joy and happiness, which I think is a wonderful thing. You're gonna see more wealth flow to you because this is the way the world and the universe has been designed. It is a sowing and reaping economy. Okay. Some people call it karma. I should call it the way God designed the universe. Um, when you sow seeds in the ground, what happens? Let's say you sow an apple seed in the ground, right? That apple seed is gone. You don't have it anymore. But when it grows, does it come back as an apple? No, it comes back as a tree with multiple apples, with multiple seeds within those apples. So whatever you sow, you get more of in abundance. It takes time. It takes risk because you're, you're putting it in the ground. You're giving it away. And, and, and people have a scarcity mindset. They want to hold on tightly to everything they have. So they, they hold on to their money. They're not generous with their money. They're not generous with their time. They're not generous with their words. They're not generous with their opportunities or their connections. It's mine, mine. But I have found that if you're generous, if you give, whatever you give away comes back to you in spades. Um, this has been true with me with money and finances. This has been true with me in opportunities. I give other people opportunities. I seem to get opportunities. Uh, generous with my words. When I give encouraging words, I gain words back. Generous with my time. People are generous back with me with their time. But when we're talking about straight up about money, the more generous my wife and I have become over the years, and we've gone from giving 10% of our income away when we were newlyweds, to now we're giving 50% of our income away, my business keeps growing. My wealth keeps growing. The more I give, it just keeps growing. And I'm not unique in this. I'm not unique in this. If I could just say anything is, if you truly want to build wealth, you got to understand the simple, you know, cliche metaphor of these hands. When your hands are so closed on, to, like, and, and I understand why they would be. I have friends that have grown up with nothing very unstable homes financially. My wife was that way, very unstable financially. It's scary. When you come out of that, what's the natural tendency? To hold on tight. Whatever you have, hold on to it. Don't give it away because you, you, you crave the security that you never had. It makes so much sense. And a lot of my students and clients are coming into newfound wealth for the first time because they've, they've finally built an online business and it's this is the greatest gift in the world, but they've never rewritten their money story, their money scripts. And a lot of us came from broke homes or unstable homes financially. So we've got this wealth and we're going to hold on real tight to it because this might be it. When you're holding on tight and your fists are closed, guess what you can't do? Receive. You can't receive because your hands are not open. You have to take the giant leap of faith and the risk, which is to open up your hands and say, hey, I've, everything I've been given is a gift. I want to give a portion of it back. I want to give a portion of it to those who couldn't create what I could create. You and I have a superpower, wealth building. We have a business. You know who needs our help? The poor, the destitute, and then all the wonderful charitable organizations that are helping those people and doing good in the world, whose only superpower is fundraising, which is not the same as creating wealth. They have to find people like us to partner with, to do good in the world. We have an incredible opportunity to give a portion of what we make 
to these people so they can go do incredible things. But when you do that, mathematically, you've lost some money in the short term, but all you've done is planted seeds. If you wait long enough, you'll have a harvest of way more seeds than you ever let go of, and you'll be in a position to receive it. And this is a position of the heart. This is a mindset. People who hold on tight, scarcity mindset, they're afraid of their business drying up. They're afraid of the economy changing. They don't give refunds to people that want refunds. They're just stingy. And it's a miserable way to live. And your business is going to be capped. I, I know I can't give you hard science on this. It's just the way the universe was designed by God, my friend. It's, it's, so that's a choice. Hold on tightly what you have. And there's a cap. Be generous. Open up your hands. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel more free. You're going to do good in the world. It feels good. You're going to receive way more than you ever put out and your business is going to prosper. So you'll have more wealth to manage. It's just the way it is. Final belief about money that will help you build wealth. And this one's not popular, but it's true. The road to wealth is made up of decades, not months. I know that every YouTube ad, Facebook ad, Instagram, TikTok ad that you see, if you're a business owner and you're seeing them because they've tracked you and they know that you're into online business, these, these people are promising you, you can make a ton of money in the next 30, 60, 90 days. And friend, maybe they're right. Maybe you can. Income is one thing. Wealth is another thing. But nothing really good came that quickly. And here's something, Tony Robbins has said this, David Bach has said this. I think it is worth repeating that people overestimate what they can do in a year. They underestimate what they can do in a decade. It is very tempting to say, man, this is gonna be the year I change my financial tree. I'm gonna do all these things. And it's probably gonna take longer than you think. And you're gonna get discouraged if it takes you longer than a year to reach your financial goals. I wanna be making seven figures in my first year in business. It took me into year nine to reach a million dollars a year in revenue for my first time, my first business. And my second business, it took me in year three to do it. Maybe you'll do it in year one, but most of us can't. And it's not to say that you should lower your goals. It's just think long term. I know you want it now, but if you if you think short term, you're going to do the things that would only the only things that would work short term, which rarely lead to long term wealth. The things that lead to long term wealth are living on less than you make, being generous, and constantly investing, becoming an owner, buying stock, buying property, staying debt free, growing your business adding value in the world, investing in yourself and your skill set through education, like not sexy, not fast, but it's sustainable and it builds, builds, builds. And you're going to have that, the hockey stick moment where all of those investments, all of those years just incredibly, they grow. And I'm a great example, right? Was blessed to go to college Okay, had a college degree, but it didn't allow me to make any money out of college. I was the only job I could get out of college was a job that you didn't even need a college degree to get. The sales position, selling radio advertising, and I was making maybe twenty five thousand dollars a year on a draw. 
And then I didn't get hardly any commissions because I sucked at it. And so like I'm going 25K a year to eventually 35K a year to losing everything and being on food stamps at 26 and starting this first business and then making 7,000 in year one, but then 60,000 year two, 120,000 year three, 250,000 year four. So you can sort of see this like, okay, steadily climbing to, you know, this year between the two businesses should do roughly 2 million. And it took me till age 35 to become a net worth millionaire it, it was like this steady growth, but like now since 35, like wealth is, is escalating very rapidly. Why, why? It's all of these seeds that I've planted that I would have loved to hit seven figures in year one, two or five. I mean, it took me a long time. Um, I was in a small niche. It wasn't a very profitable niche, but it was possible. It's possible. My whole point is over time and given enough time, if you're doing the right things, the first million is going to be the slowest. The second million will come really quickly. So to give you an idea, it took me to age 35 to be a net worth millionaire. And I get, granted, I've been giving a lot of money away too. So in theory, I would have been a net worth millionaire sooner if I hadn't been giving so much of my income away. But I don't really think that would have actually been true. I bet my business wouldn't have grown as much. But let's say it took me to age 35 to reach a million dollar net worth. Okay. The house we built recently, I, I, I made a million dollars in equity in less than a year of just living in that house. Doing nothing. <laughs> like, like, how does that stuff happen? That's the kind of like, once this thing gets going, over time, you build wealth, right? Warren Buffett's a great example. As an investor, he became wealthy in his 30s. But if you look at the bulk of his billions, it came like post 60 years old. Like even him, then the numbers are eye-popping. But if you just looked at it, if you took away all the numbers and looked at it as a graph of his wealth, like it's steady, 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 but then it's exponential in the last, in, in his 60s and his 70s and his 80s. Because he stayed in the game long enough, he's able to reap these exponential rewards. Think of this as a super long game and you will win long-term. It's not sexy, but it's the truth. That's how wealth is built, is slowly over time. At least sustainable wealth that doesn't sprout wings and fly away, as King Solomon says. So there you go. Think like an owner, not a consumer. Always live on less than you make. Generous people prosper. And the road to wealth is made up of decades, not months. Which one of those um, money beliefs resonate with you? I hope at least one of them does. What's the one that's just like, mm, getting to you? or making you think, or making you question some things, or just making you want to just chew on it a bit longer. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know in a comment below. I'd love to know. We can unpack it a bit more. Um, I, I want you to win with money. I want you to make as much as you possibly can in your business, but businesses are going to come and go. Wealth is something that is earned, built, and has to be managed. Otherwise, it will disappear as well. So I want you to build that wealth and it takes a new set of money beliefs and mindsets because no one's teaching us this stuff. We certainly didn't learn it from our parents, most of us. Some of you had really, really great parents that taught you this stuff. But it's, it's a different way. There's a reason why some people are wealthy and other people aren't. It's not because they're crooks. It's not because they're lucky. They, they think about money differently. 
And that's the beauty is that you and I can begin thinking about money differently today. It won't make us wealthy today, but it will put us on a path to building and keeping wealth. That's life-changing. And generational wealth can be life-changing for your family, your kids, kids, kids. And that's what it's all about is making our family's lives better. It's not about us, right? It's about other people along the way. That's why we're being generous. And then the wealth we do build and keep, it's to give our kids and their kids and their kids more opportunities than we had. Make sense? Awesome. If you need a kickstart to creating the income, to create a little bit more gap in your finances, to be able to start thinking like an owner and buying asset classes and building that wealth, and you haven't started your online business, then you need my online income jumpstart guide. It's a 30-day plan to kickstart it make money in the next 30 days and begin that wealth building journey. It's free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash jumpstart. All right, my friend, have an amazing rest of your week and I'll see you on another episode real soon.